to Letters to Our Yesterday, a podcast that was inspired by my soon-to-be-released women's fiction book, Letters to My Yesterday. Although this podcast is quite different to my book, the inspiration is the same, strong women. I believe that one of the greatest strengths women have are each other. We often support, guide, encourage and inspire each other. Throughout this podcast, I will be speaking to many extraordinary women about their life journey, and together we will explore what advice they would give their younger self. Today I'm speaking with Emma Brannigan a woman who I believe is as close to having the perfect balance between career, family and self-care as one possibly can. Emma is the commercial director of German medical devices company, the Hartmann Group, and lives in Sydney with her husband and two young sons. Thanks so much for talking to me today. My pleasure. Okay, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about the beginning of your career, because mm-hmm. um, I know you were a flight attendant mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. So how did you find yourself getting into that job? Yeah, it's actually a, quite an interesting story. So originally I was working in a hospital in pathology um, and then moved to Sydney in 2001 to work for a pharmaceutical company which was a fantastic experience, but a big leap going mm-hmm. from not knowing any, or from knowing everybody to not knowing anybody and for a new career. Did you know and anyone in Sydney? When no, you Sydney? Okay. no, not at that, that time. Changed career, changed cities, changed everything. everything. Um, huge. And there was a, a bit of a bad breakup that I'd gone through that kind of instigated some of that move as well. Mm-hmm. And then the company I was working for was being acquired by a bigger pharmaceutical company. And we had the option to either stay with that company. Yeah. Um, or we could take a redundancy and leave, and I chose the latter. And one of the people that I'd been working with at the time had just come back from working in Dubai and working for Emirates Mm. and was telling me about the company and the opportunity to travel. And I thought, well, why not? You know, I I didn't really do a gap year. I I worked the whole way through high school, you know, like like a lot of us do through uni, etc. So I saw this as an opportunity for me to go and do something different. And how old were you at this age? Um, That's a good question. (laughs) You do maths now. Um, When was that? So that was 2003 and I was born in 76. So how old that was? So we'll say 20s. In my 20s. That sounds good to me. Um, So I decided to to go for the role with Emirates and there were around five and a half thousand people that interviewed at the time. And this Mm. is really before Emirates really was very well known. In fact, I remember sitting down with mum and dad in Canberra before I left looking at where Dubai was on the map in the Middle East and mum and dad going, are you serious? Like, do you you really want to go there? And, um, I mean, it was an amazing experience. I met uh, one of my closest and best girlfriends there, had the opportunity to travel, but more so than that also gave my family the opportunity to travel because being the eldest of four girls, mum and dad had worked for a long period of time to put us all through school and everything else and hadn't really spent a lot of time travelling themselves. So the opportunity then came up for them and my sisters to then be able oh, to travel wow. as well. Through, like, the discount you yeah. were there. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, look, it was amazing. I think one of the biggest learnings for me, though, mm. 
is coming from an environment where I had been selling a product. Yeah. As a flight attendant, you're almost the product that people are paying for. Okay. So people get on a flight or even leading up to that, they expect a certain level of service depending yeah. on what they're paying for. Yeah. And you're the front and center of that service. You're the face mm. of that company at that yeah. time. And you can make or break somebody's flight very easily. Yes. Um, and so that was a real learning experience and yeah. also learning to work with people of very different cultures, mm-hmm. which I hadn't really done a lot of before. Um, a lot of people where English perhaps was their second language yeah. as well. And then understanding a lot of the cultural requirements of living in Dubai, yeah, um, the religious requirements as well, okay, um, and being aware of different laws. So it was yeah. really a learning experience wow. for me in a lot of ways. And so what do you think? What was the hardest thing about living there? Do you think? Mm-hmm. I think the hardest thing was probably being so far away from family mm. and friends, being yeah. on opposite time zones. So it made it really hard. To just you pick up the phone, wouldn't you? Yeah, 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 because you can't just pick up the phone at six o'clock when you've got back from a flight and mm. have a chat because it's you know three in the morning or four yeah. in the morning. Um, and I think the second one was because the airport in Dubai is open twenty four hours a day. The lack of sleep yeah. was really really hard. I mean, obviously it gets you ready for when you've got kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how long did you do this for? Two and a half years. Okay. So. And by the end of, because it sounds like so glamorous and it mm. sounds like an amazing way to see the world and to travel, but it sounds like something that would get tiring and would get, um, it would have like a limit of how long you could do it for. Yeah. I, like that. That, that's how I felt. I think a lot of people, and I've still got friends that are over there still doing it. That, wow. that, that started, started with. Yeah. Wow. And because okay. you can get caught up in the lifestyle, I think, yeah. of Dubai because it's quite amazing mm. and, um, you know, it's it's very exciting. You you want a tomato or you need a tomato at three in the afternoon, you just call yeah. and somebody oh. will bring you a tomato and, oh, you wow. know, everything's at your service. It's, yeah. it's amazing. But for me, I really wanted to come back at that time and get back into medical. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was something in me where I thought this is great mm-hmm. and it's filled the need yeah and you know I wanted to be able to travel and I did mm. a lot of that and my desire to travel continues still yeah. now mm-hmm. but I wanted more out okay. of it I wanted to meet somebody have a family yeah. and I knew I wasn't going to get that it's necessarily. like a different path for you yeah 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 and do you think um what do you think changed about you the most from that experience I definitely learned to be more patient. Okay. I wouldn't say I'm the most patient person in the world. Yeah. In fact, I'm not patient at all, but I'm more patient (laughs) having had that experience than what I was before. Um, And I think that came from working and understanding and having an appreciation Mm. of different cultures. Okay. And just because we do something this way doesn't mean it's necessarily the right way or the only way. Yeah. And so understanding where different people have their perspectives or, you know, their thoughts or their understanding and really... You know, just I guess just appreciating that yeah. and being able to go and recognizing. That. It sounds like an amazing foundation to have for whatever career you went into. Mm. Like it sounds like it could lead into so many different mm-hmm. careers. Absolutely. Okay, so when you came back to Sydney then, and you yes. decided to get back into the medical mm-hmm. career, so now you work in um, a leadership position mm-hmm. with mainly men is in your leadership team. Yeah. So we'll start with the positive. What do you think mm-hmm. the positive things? I actually have been now? very fortunate. So through most of my career, apart from when I was flight attendant, I've always had male managers yeah. or a male exec leadership team. And I've been very fortunate in that every single one of them has been very supportive. Mm-hmm. They've all had very different strengths, very different personalities. Yeah. But I hadn't really thought of it being any different to yeah. if I'd worked for women. It was just kind of... yeah fell that way 
I think in my role now with the leadership team that we have and roles that I've had previously, with a lot of males, you can be very direct. Mm-hmm. And I'm a pretty Just direct person. Yeah. So that kind of works well. There's no yeah. second guessing of where you're standing. Mm-hmm. I do find it challenging sometimes emotionally. Yeah. Because I think naturally, and I'll probably be making a fair few generalizations here. Yeah. But generally, I find I've just got to keep my emotions at check sometimes okay. if I'm having harder discussions, for yeah. example. Okay. Um, you know, just to, to keep those mm-hmm. at bay. Um, but yeah, I, I've been really, really lucky. Yeah. I think the only other thing that I would say, and it's not so much about any of the team that I've worked with, mm. it's probably more the environment, is there's a point of frustration, I think, for me when you're working with a lot of clients that are also male. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy for males and males to go out and have a drink oh, and have yes. a chat okay. or have a catch-up or at a conference yeah. you can go down to the pub and have a beer. I don't feel that I can do that mm. because I always feel like there's a fine line there. Okay. And I don't that know if that's just to me or... Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I've always found that, you know, if I'm at a conference or having a discussion, yeah. it's always in a very business environment because I just won't put myself into a situation like that just in case it's perceived incorrectly yeah um and again that might just be me but I just Mm -hmm. find that that's one thing that males and males can do a lot easier yes um but it certainly it hasn't hindered any success that I've had that's for sure awesome so interesting okay so what advice do you think you would give um a young woman coming into sort of the field the medical field that you're in um, working their way up the corporate ladder, what advice do you think would be the most important to give to them? Ask questions. Okay. Ask as many questions yeah. as you need to, as you want to, to understand. I ask a lot of questions still to this day. Um, and listen and learn. Be open. Mm. I think sometimes we come in thinking we know everything. Yeah. And the more you learn and the more you continue to learn and grow, the more you understand that there's many ways to skin a cat. Yeah. Pardon the pun. But I think asking questions and then really looking for a mentor as well, I think is really important. Whether that's female or male, I don't think it really makes a difference. But just having someone that you can sit there and bounce ideas off or ask questions to or just learn from, Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. I've been quite lucky in my career to have somebody because they also become an advocate for you as well, especially if they're in the same company. So as you're moving up and Mm. there's a position that comes available... Mm-hmm. They'll speak for you. and okay. Absolutely. And they can also tell you, you know, the bigger part of the picture because often you tend to see the role as it is from your perspective. Yeah. But once you start moving up the ladder and you can tend to see different viewpoints, yeah. um, different pressures and different understanding of how all the businesses fit together. Mm-hmm. And so if you can have somebody with that perspective, it often provides yes. a light on a situation yeah. that may not be there. So now talking about, so you obviously are very successful in your career and you've worked really hard for that, but part of your path, like you mentioned before, was to meet the right person, have a family, and that's a huge part of who you are as well. Mm -hmm. So how do you find, um, what is the best way for balancing that career (laughs) and your family? I'm trying to word it properly. I know. (laughs) I know there's no balance. I know it doesn't exist, but what do you do to try and create that balance? Yeah, it's... It's like the million dollar question. I think my girlfriends and I talk about this often. And again, I have to say, I've been very, very lucky with the support group that I have yeah. and the leadership team and the the MDs that I've had in my last few roles because they've had children themselves. And I think that really creates a sense of understanding. Yeah. 
But again, I, I don't know that there's the perfect balance. I try for me. I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've, you know, got a very understanding and supportive husband. Mm-hmm. So he tends to look after the children in the morning. I'll get up at 5.15, go and do my exercise. That's kind of my time. Yeah. Just for me. I'll be back home by 6.30, quickly have a shower, get changed, get to work. Yeah. And so he looks after all the kids for the drop-off. And then in the afternoon, I'll leave work at around 4.30. And then I'll do the pick-up and dinner, bath, bed. And then my husband okay. usually is home by 9. Yeah. And then I have the children on Saturday while he works. And then he has the children on Mondays because he has that day off. So yeah. Sunday's family day, which we keep yes. you know as much as we can to not do anything with anyone yeah. else that's kind of the one sacred together family day yeah. yeah but I have to say I haven't traveled as much in this role because mm-hmm. I think travel can impact things yeah. um, but I'm very planned well and- I was just gonna say your plan sounds amazing your routine sounds amazing like the way you've explained it sounds like it would work so well and it does until there's sickness yeah I was just <laughs> that what happens yeah when they're sick i know and it's like oh i didn't plan for that did i it throws everything Um, out you know what life happens yeah and it just does yeah and there have been things that i've missed or i haven't been able to attend i mean i think we're lucky in this day and age where we can still do meetings by skype Mm -hmm. or the telephone still works but there are some times when you know both of my kids had influenza last year and flynn our two-year-old had influenza a and b and it was awful. Mm. I think in a six-week period, for four of those weeks, I was either at home or getting a call from daycare because they had a temperature or taking them back to the doctor or whatever it was. Yeah. And it, it was quite exhausting, I have to say, yeah. because I felt like I wasn't giving 100% either way. Yeah. And that's when you've got to go, you know what, I actually need some time off as carer of yeah. my children where I'm not thinking about work. Yeah. And I just focus on my children and vice versa. When I'm at work, I really try and go, right, I'm here. I need to concentrate. I need to do a job. Yeah. Yeah. To make a difference Mm. and just focus on what I'm doing at the time and be present. Yes. And I'm really making concerted effort at the moment, especially when I'm at home, that I don't answer my phone between five and seven because that's the time that I've got them. Once they're in bed, game on yes. I can do a teleconference yeah. I'll be back on my computer and that's okay because yeah. Ev doesn't get home until nine so I'm not taking time away yes. from him either yeah so I'm mean, it's it kind of it comes sounds in like you're achieving it. it's seriously it probably doesn't feel like it for you because you have to make such an effort for it but when you're describing it everything you're aware of it sounds like we try got the balance going on it, it's the balance that we can make and then yes. for Ev and I I really try. We try at least every fortnight to do a date night on yeah. a Saturday night if there's not something on. So mm-hmm. we've got a great babysitter down from us and we make an effort even if it's just, you know, a bottle yeah. of wine and a walk on the beach. Yeah. Don't care. Something Whatever it is, together. something together. Yeah. Because otherwise you can become very much like ships in the mm-hmm. night and lose that connection, which is really important. Yeah, to you're just existing together rather yeah, than... Yeah, yeah, like flatmates. And it becomes, yeah. you know, can you put the rubbish out? Or, yeah. or can we put the can rubbish we put out? out? <laughs> can we do this? <laughs> can we unpack the dishwasher? Um, so, yeah, I'm very conscious about trying to get that balance yeah. right. But I don't know that it ever perfectly exists. No, I don't think... Things just happen in perfect, life. Yeah. No. But something that I love that you mentioned is that in the morning, so you exercise first yeah. and that's your time. I love that because I think what a lot of busy mums do is they completely forget themselves. Mm-hmm. So they're so focused on their parenting or their work or everything and they completely forget about themselves. And that's when you get sick and depressed and all those things so I love that so it's only an hour of your time in the morning but that is like the most important hour yeah and it was the only time exactly and it was the only time I could fit it in yeah because I can't do it at night because I have the children 
And I could try and do it sometimes during lunchtime, but meetings come up and things come up and it just wasn't regular enough for me to be able to lock it in and go, nothing is actually going to budge this stone if I put it in. It's something you can commit to. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much every day. Yeah. Yeah. And so I found a great group of people um, down in Bondi that I train with and everybody's there for their own reason, but we've actually become really good friends as well. And that makes it fun too. It does. look forward to going. Yeah, we do social things together. And um, so four days a week we train together at 5.45 until 6.30. Yeah. So, and yeah, it's cool. at the moment it's dark. Bring on daylight yeah, savings. Yeah, I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's dark <laughs> when we start and dark easier. when we finish. But yeah. It's the only time I could do it and it was that important to me. So I love it. I love that you it. do that. I think that's so important. And that's probably why all the other things are working because you've got that part coming. Mm-hmm. Well, I find if I don't, the stress levels in me tend to rise and then I just find that I get a bit snappy. Yeah. And it's usually, you know, snap at the kids first. And then your quality, then well, what could be quality time with them is mm. like impatient and all yeah, of those frustration. Things. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure, of course, it happens to everyone anyway. Oh yes, but less <laughs> less likely if you have had that bit of yeah. time to yourself as yeah, well. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to finish up with a question that I ask everyone. Okay. So I think you've prepared something. Yes, for I have. <laughs> so, what would you write? Can you please share what you would write in a letter to your yesterday? Yes, absolutely. So I will try not to do this with too much uh, emotion. <laughs> okay. You can, you can have as much emotion as you need. Okay, so I've written it as I would write a letter to myself, mm-hmm. looking back on some of the successes and what I've needed and what I've learned along the way. Yeah. Okay. Dear Emma, wow, what a journey you have had to get here. The place you dreamt of for so long and where for a long time it seemed so close yet so far. You found him, the one, that special lifelong love that you searched and wanted for for so long. And he's more amazing and divine than you ever hoped. Maybe remind him of that a bit more, as it is easy to get caught up in the day-to-day life of balancing work, remembering to put the rubbish out and cooking a cake for a daycare bake sale. Oh yes, daycare. Your mum to two gorgeous boys. Yes, I know you thought you would only ever have girls. But these little munchies have taught you more about yourself and changed you and challenged you more than you ever could have imagined. Thank goodness you took that year to focus on you before all of this magic occurred. Before you met Ev, when you made a conscious decision to live on your own, enjoy your own company, travel, immerse yourself in work, time with friends and family and rediscover yourself. It had been a long time coming and well overdue. And that time allowed you to grow and rebuild your confidence and draw a line in the sand, knowing your self-worth is determined only by you, not by anyone else. This built up a level of resilience and independence, key traits that both your boys demonstrate on a daily basis. Looking back, it was in your early 20s where you first questioned your self-value. It was linked to boys mostly, whether they thought you were pretty, how they spoke to you, going out with friends and whether that hot guy would even look at you, Or even when in a relationship, how you were treated, knowing you were being lied to, cheated on, called names, and yet somehow still feeling lucky to be with that person. Your family and friends tried to intervene, even they could see it, but it was like a spell. And with such a broken down self-confidence, you couldn't see how you were ever going to break out. But there was a tipping point and you reached it, gathering all you had in that empty tank and deciding to move away from everyone and everything and start afresh. And you did. Scary, yes, but it was the first real taste of finding your feet, making new friends and building up that self-confidence again. Never again would you let someone else determine your self-worth. Your journey makes some twists and turns, time overseas, another long-term relationship, all with their own learnings, but you knew it was time again 
to fill up that tank with self-care. And only you could do that by focusing on yourself. Nowadays, your tank is full. You have love and support from an amazing group of best girlfriends, family, of course, and Ev. Your two boys are healthy and happy and life is good. Sometimes, though, those little doubts and self-confidence sneak in. When you're overtired, when you haven't seen your girlfriends for a while, when date nights get missed, or when too much chocolate is being consumed. (laughs) But you have found that a little you time gets things back on track. As you know from your journey, that snippets of time to just be you is important. And it may be in a different form than it used to be, but self-care, self-confidence and determining your own self-worth can only be decided by you. And it took you a long time to understand and appreciate that. So please don't ever forget it along your journey. Love, Emma. Oh, wow. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know what really stood out? And I think it takes so much courage to step away from that toxic relationship that you had and do things by yourself and to learn mm-hmm. and I think learning your self-worth is the biggest lesson you can ever have 100% and I think it takes the most courage because yeah. it's very easy to believe what other people believe very much so especially yeah. when you're in those very impressionable years yeah. as well so I love that letter and how beautiful to have everything you have now and to be able to look back and see where you've come I know you know I know it was Amazing. it was beautiful it was a great a great thing to do, yeah. you know, even talking to Evan about it. It's not very often you s- sit there and look back no. on where you've come from. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and I said thank you for that opportunity. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing it. My thank pleasure. You. Thank you for listening to Letters to Our Guest Today, the podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation and feel inspired to, please take a moment to rate and review or share it with someone you love. You can follow me on Instagram at Karen underscore Sepp, Facebook at Karen M. Sepulveda, or visit my website www.karensepulveda.com. Thank you again, and don't forget to subscribe to hear more conversations with extraordinary women.